Information is power. For instance, who has all the information on Jeffrey Epstein, the little black book? That's power that, that J. Edgar Hoover couldn't even dream of. You'll find out tonight. You'll also find out about absolute control of information and a campaign against not just your freedom, but free will. You want to believe that COVID was a lab leak? No. There's a public-private partnership that is secretly spreading propaganda to change your mind without you ever knowing it. It's insidious. And the first show at the new year, 2024, I'm going to reveal all that we know about this shady disinformation organization and the government's ties. It is the most frightening public-private partnership I've ever seen. But it will make clear that this is not just the Biden administration or Joe Biden. Yes, FBI, DOJ, DHS, they all fall under Biden. But Joe's not the one pulling the strings here. Schellenberger and Taibbi, both journalists, came to the same conclusion. In their report, they found that this is a deep state campaign against your free will. And it's not the first time they came to that conclusion. You remember the Hunter Biden laptop right after the New York Post revealed its existence? 51 former top intelligence officials signed a letter saying it was probably Russian disinformation. Well, we would soon find out that it wasn't. In fact, the FBI had Hunter Biden's laptop at the time. But as Schellenberger and Taibbi revealed in the Twitter files, the FBI pressured Twitter to suppress the New York Post story. That was in October of 2020 when Trump was in office. I don't think Trump would have been told the, would have told the FBI to do that. It was the deep state that made its own decision at the time. Likewise, the deep state has been playing its own games during the Biden administration. It doesn't care who's in office. But what is the deep state? The name sounds conspiratorial. You know who's really running the government? The deep state. And they're in cahoots with the lizard people and the aliens. No. It's far from a conspiracy theory. It is now an official fact. I wanted to speak to somebody who has seen it firsthand, knows how it works. Cash Patel was the principal deputy to the acting director of the National Intelligence Agency, the director of National Intelligence, DNI, under President Trump. That means he oversaw all of the operations of all 17 intelligence community agencies. He also worked with the National Security Council, the Secretary of Defense, and the Department of Justice. He spearheaded the investigation into Russia's campaign to influence the 2016 election, meaning he knows what really, really was Russian disinformation and what was the deep state and the Clinton campaign's meddling. I asked Cash to come in and lay out a chalkboard so we could understand it. It explains exactly what the deep state is, how it works, and what its real goals are. I don't even know where to start. It's so <laughs> gigantic. Um, why don't you... How bad is it? It's, it's way worse than I thought it could ever be, which probably scared me more than anybody else. And then piecing it together in a book, I think I horrified even myself. Yeah. And you never wanted to write a book called Government Gangsters to take out the deep state because you don't want people in government who subscribe to the deep state ethos. But when you peel it back, and you go agency by agency, department by department, and you see some of the senior most officials, career officials, apolitical figures, 
um, coming in to just destroy, weaponize intelligence and law enforcement and hide information from the public of great importance during election cycles, you're like, it's not one guy. No. It's not five. You know, it's like a thousand. And you just keep going and you peel back sort of the, you know, <clears throat> back when I was at JSOC, we used to call it um, the da- daisy chain analysis. You mm-hmm. just peel back the call chains and go, you yeah, know, this guy called this guy, this guy. And that's what the deep state is. It just, it just webs out into government. And it secretes in distinct places and kind of just hides there for a while. And then when they wanted to activate the media and others come in, with their leadership and say, this is what we need. We need to... But it's, is, it a, is, it a, is it coordinated? <clears throat> yes. Or it's coordinated. So 100%. who's coordinating it? So that was part of the thing I needed to figure out. And what I learned was, my first instinct was, oh, it's got to be Democrats versus Republicans and Republicans oh, versus no. Democrats. Oh, no. No way. Right. I quickly learned that was their bogus cover. You know, that was their Washington eyes, government cheese response to, yeah, it's got to be a political thing. It's not. What I learned was these people who run these institutions, DOJ, FBI, DOD, what have you, they are part of this entrenched class in Washington that all respond to one thing, their self-advancement. And the only way they do that is if they glorify and protect the institution that's been corrupted and their partners in the media will come in with the narrative as long as it advances something they have that they share a common interest in. For a large part of the last decade, it's been whatever it is, anti-Trump. Right. So they had this massive common interest. And, you know, I was in, I was in the Obama Justice Department when Trump announced. <clears throat> and all of us apolitical prosecutors... You're not supposed to go in the building and talk about it. You're supposed to, you know, okay, mm-hmm. that's happening Whatever. out there. This is our job. We got to go chase down criminals, terrorists, rapists, murderers. I have never seen that place so loud with political chatter. They lost it. I didn't even, I didn't know Trump. I hadn't met him. Of course, I'm from New York originally, so I knew of the guy who doesn't. And I was like, what are you guys doing? Leadership was sitting around talking about the presidential election. And how DOJ was going to respond, I was like, respond? Our job is to not respond. Our job is to do the work. And I think what personalized it for me was, you know, I was the lead prosecutor for Benghazi at Maine Justice. I was the guy that found the whole Hillary Clinton email thing, led it up the chain of command and just got shut down. It would obviously get out later. But I didn't think it was going to be that kind of a, an event. But when I knew they would do that then... <clears throat> And then I got over and ran Russiagate with Devin Nunes. You know, you found out it was the same actors, to answer your question, the same folks at FBI and DOJ leadership that were having these conversations that participated in Benghazi that were the same that launched the Russiagate narrative with okay. the media. So this is, I mean, I found this with the progressives when I was really hunting down the progressives back in the 60s. And I realized, oh, they just grew up. And it's many of the same people now I mean, it, you really can go to about, I don't even know, 20 people. Mm-hmm. And you just you say, oh, there they are again. Oh, there she is. There he is. And they just keep popping up in different... Well, let me give you a perfect example. Russiagate, for whatever your political background is, 
when Russiagate was launched, it was launched by the FBI in the United Kingdom. Now, in order to do that, you have to have a, an approval, an authorization from the head intelligence official of that country for America. We call it the, uh, the DNI's rep, the CIA station chief. In London, has to authorize the FBI to come into a foreign country and do that, what we now know is a total setup. Gina Haspel was chief of station London at the time who authorized that investigation to begin. Gina Haspel later became Trump's CIA director, and mm. Christopher Wray entered in as Trump's FBI director. The two of them blockaded the 17 subpoenas we sought to get the information about the FISA, about the FBI corruption, about the media, about the DNC, about all of their pay-for-play schemes. Those people stuck together to blockade us. But it gets better. <clears throat> Rosenstein and Ray threatened to investigate me during Russiagate. The only lie they told was that they threatened to do it. I would just find out four months ago that they launched a surveillance investigation into me and Google and multiple grand jury subpoenas were sent out to collect my private data because I was exposing their corruption. This is how deep the deep state goes. And these people, they don't necessarily like each other. They just had one unifying force, which was how do we defeat these guys who are attacking our livelihoods? And the last point on this to bring it full circle is Rod Rosenstein and Gina Haspel are no longer in government. And do you know where they all work now? Christopher Ray's old law firm, the seven-figure payday each. That's not a coincidence. It's just not. When you look at these people, are, they, are, are there ideologues mm-hmm. um, that, you know, hate America, don't, whatever it is, just believe in a different system and want to get there? Or is it all just greed and power and... I think it's mostly the latter. I think when you have folks like that I talk about, like Bill Barr or Mark Esper, you know, one of the things I talk about is the defense industrial complex. I think it's more evil than all of the lobbyist groups combined. And that's not to say they don't do great work. I think they do fantastic work 50% of the time. The rest is a cyclical cycle of we're going to put you into DOD and NSA and you're going to do this contract work. And then when you come out, you're going to have your golden parachute. It's no surprise that Mark Esper used to work at Raytheon became SecDef, and then golden parachuted out to a $10 million payday back at Raytheon, whilst driving contracts worth tens of billions of dollars to Raytheon as SecDef. But there's no conflict of interest there because the defense industrial complex owns Washington, D.C. Can I ask, so in your book you said there's no need to like dismantle the FBI, you said, right. you, you, but you offered you know, ways to fix it. Mm-hmm. I guess my biggest issue is it doesn't seem to matter who we put into cert, like say the, the director of the FBI, mm-hmm. always like, whether it's Comey or Ray or anybody, they always feel like an agent of the deep state. Right. Are there positions within the government, within the bureaucracy that are just geared to being corrupted and ultimately being agents of the deep state? I would go further than that. The FBI and the CIA and everything else, that's why we had the church. Right, the church, right. I mean, this is what we went through right after Nixon, and it's much worse now. I mean, we had it in the 60s with Kennedy, then we had it under Nixon, and it's not getting better. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. So I think, you know, people are like, where did this deep state come from? It didn't happen overnight. It's been a degradation of leadership positions for decades. It started, I think, maybe in the 40s and 50s, maybe earlier, but when you just layer on corruption upon corruption, whether it's Hoover to Comey, just to stick with your FBI analogy, or another department or agency, 
they have entrenched themselves in the how do I make me popular in the DC class. So when I leave this position, I don't care about whether the agency is improved. I care whether or not the next person behind me is going to own up to what I left it and how I get out of it. And it's a very cyclical thing. I mean, this is why you have... So wait, wait, wait. I don't understand that. Sorry. So when I leave, I need to make sure that the person behind me doesn't rat me out. And doesn't wreck the agency. You know, Bill Barr is a perfect example. <clears throat> Bill Barr was the one who was the attorney general while the... All this is going on. Everything's going on. I, I sat in a skiff for two days with special counsel John Durham, which I don't think I've ever told anyone, right after he got appointed because... I had the institutional knowledge of having run the Russiagate investigation, and as a former prosecutor, I was laying out for him who the targets were, who the witnesses were, whatever. Fast forward, we saw what happened to John Durham's prosecution. He didn't go after the targets he should have gone after. Bill Barr was in charge. Bill Barr was in charge when the FBI and DOJ hid from the world that Joe Biden was under investigation prior to a presidential election. But they would leak the information on Donald Trump. These people care more, Barr and company, care more about the institution that was DOJ that they were the head of than they do about doing the service of the mission. And that's what all those folks have in common. The Espers, the Haspels, the you know, Pompeos or whoever of the world, they subscribe. They've been in D.C. for like 30 years. It's not like they just got there. And the only thing they care about, two things, get Trump. And the media would help them along every step of the way on that one, so they would be glorified for it. And two, getting rid of all of us, the smaller number of us that were in government, that dared to stand up and expose the corruption. And so with the FBI, I do agree it's fixable. I think you shut down the Hoover building immediately. I think you literally open it up the next day as a museum of the deep state. And you let everybody walk the halls for free and leave that behemoth open 365 days a year. You need like 20 people in a skiff to run the FBI. The other 7,000 agents that are sitting in that building should be chasing criminals around America, not distorting statistics about January 6th so Chris Ray can go to Congress and lie and say domestic violent terrorism is on the rise. Why do we have to have an FBI? I mean, I understand because somebody's got... Bonnie and Clyde cross state lines, you know. But beyond that, why, why do we have, we've nationalized a lot of state crimes. Bank yes. robbery is a state crime. Why has it suddenly just been, no, 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 FBI will take care of that? And, and that's sort of the, it's a lethargic slide to that. One of the things I, I call out um, in the book is Republican state attorney generals. They have 26 or 27 of the states mm -hmm. in this country. Why aren't any one of them prosecuting, for example, any one of Hunter Biden's crimes that happened in Amen. their state? And it goes to your, what you're saying about the FBI. They've just said, no, D.C. will do it. You know, this jurisdictional nonsense is one of the things I talk about in Government Gangsters. As a former prosecutor, everybody's like, oh, you got to bring the case in D.C. No, you don't. Do you know how easy it is to find jurisdiction if you moved a thimble across state lines, you have jurisdiction in your home state. Everything moves across state lines. Now, literally, everything, your phone, money, mail, all of it. So a state attorney general has jurisdiction immediately to bring it there. Not only that, <clears throat> this is what I disagree with John Durham the most. They were like, oh, it's DOJ policy to bring these cases in D.C. Why? 
you know, it's DOJ policy. Merrick Garland just stands up and tells us last week to not interfere in presidential elections. It's a flat out lie. And I, I quickly asked these people to point me to the law, either in the Constitution that, or, or statute that we have to follow that says we must bring these cases here. They have commercialized the institution of justice in Washington and taken away, and it, it's, it's half them taking that power, and it's half Republican state AG ceding that power to Washington. I'm still waiting for the one guy or gal to just stand up and say, so no, nice. I'm going to prosecute this crime in my backyard. It happened here. I know. I haven't found them. I, We've been begging them. But I think there's maybe, maybe six to ten good really good AGs yes. in the country that are on our side, at least. I totally agree. And I'm not knocking them for the great work they're doing with the border security, right. taking on the Biden administration on those massive lawsuits, um, I think out of Missouri and elsewhere. But I'm not talking about big time criminal prosecutions. I'm talking about Hunter Biden called a hooker in your town, yes. which is illegal, and prostitution is prosecuted in like 98% of jurisdictions yeah. in America. Go arrest them. What, what, what is the DOJ going to do? Prevent that from happening? And then extrapolate that to Joe Biden. They're saying that money came into accounts in the United States of America and one of the transactions was listed Delaware as the recipient address. Now, I'm not saying a state AG in Delaware is going to bring that, but as long as he used that money anywhere in the country, it's ill-gotten gains and you can prosecute it in Pennsylvania or Ohio or Indiana. So now we know what the deep state is, but how does it operate? Well, when we come back, Cash breaks down one of the worst examples of deep state meddling in recent history. Okay, so let's, let's show me the connections here on, let's just start with, uh, let's start with the Hunter Biden laptop thing. Yeah. How many were involved, how many of these agencies or other arms were involved in, in that cover-up? And they couldn't have coordinated. Are they just all motivated by the same thing? So I think I'll disagree with you on that a little bit. I think they all coordinated. You cannot have that nature of an investigator. Let's remove Hunter Biden. Let's just say you have a laptop. It's got maybe child pornography on it. It's got maybe illicit financial transactions on it. It's got illicit possession of firearms, photography, and videos on it. It's got a whole list of people on it that are known criminals. That sounds exactly like the Hunter Biden. <laughs> <laughs> but I've received those as a prosecutor at DOJ, and what we do is we take it to the FBI and we exploit the whole thing immediately. It doesn't take long. It takes a couple of days, and then it takes another week or two to ingest the material. And then you put your leads out and say, okay, where are the crimes? Where are we going? Who are we going after? That's just law enforcement 101. That never stops unless someone or group of people tell you, don't exploit the laptop. Don't look for the data. And then when you do find it, just say you found X and not Y. I've never seen a laptop. It reminds me of the DNC server hack, if we can go back real quick to that. James Comey... For the first time that I can remember the FBI in U.S. history had an intrusion of a political party's home network. Intrusion. Bored in. And the FBI would go there normally, take the entire server and spend weeks exploiting that thing because it's so big. 
Comey handed the server off to CrowdStrike. And the CEO of CrowdStrike at that time was this guy, Henry, who used to be James Comey's assistant. Not only that, he gave the private funding contract to CrowdStrike to exploit the DNC server because the fake news and the DOJ and the FBI wanted the narrative out there that Russia did the intrusion. But only 25% of that server has ever been exploited to date because the FBI gave it to CrowdStrike. That cannot happen unless the DNC, the FBI, the DOJ, the media are coming in and saying, we need this to stop. So analogizing that with Hunter Biden, when you look at the reports that have made public about the FBI and what they, the investigatory steps they took into that laptop, you see they were shut down. You see now whistleblowers coming forward, whether it's the tax angle, which is a whole nother animal, or the criminal probe, you see it went up the chain and people said no. And here's the most glaring thing. Never in my life, as in law enforcement or Intel or DOD, when we had a target of investigation, and we said, we are gonna go interrogate you, where well, we refused. Not by the target, but by DOJ. The DOJ and FBI shut off the investigatory investigation interview request of Hunter Biden two years ago. And never allowed it to happen. That cannot happen unless it's coordinated by the deep state. So is the president running the country? Who's running the country? now? Yeah. Um, no, I think it's an extension of the Obama administration. I mean, we'll give you an example of the cyclical nature of the deep state. Look, Susan Rice was in there up until two months ago in the White House. Samantha Powers, who... USAID. USAID, who was one of the individuals that I caught leaking General Phil's name to the media, is back in power in the White House. Those are just two examples. Jake Sullivan the current national security advisor to the president of the United States is the guy that was out there advertising the Alpha Bank server connection that they had bought and paid for to the world as saying, look, we have proof of Donald Trump's a Russian asset. When they were the ones that launched that operation to fund that false narrative. He's at 1600 Pennsylvania. So in my opinion, that crew of the Clinton-Obama class has been running the democratic institution for a long, long time. And they're not stopping with Biden. They, they're smart enough to know they want Biden out, but they haven't figured out yet how to do that. Yeah, I wondered, uh, I mean, he looked like, you know, what, I, I knew what we had on him because we did an investigation on the impeachment. So that took us to, uh, to uh, wherever, um, Ukraine. Right. That took us to Ukraine. You start looking into Ukraine, you're like, what? Everybody is there. Everybody is there. And I thought, when he came in, they must be hoping that he's going to die in office or he'll retire. And he's just a shill at this point. He's just, you know, he's just do this, do that, do this. Or Republicans will take the bait and impeach him. And so I've always said, and I fight everybody on this. Impeaching Ray and Garland is the maneuver. Impeaching the guys that have created the two-tier system of justice and getting the documentation of their corruption to the American public before the election is the maneuver. Impeaching the two individuals that have violated six congressional subpoenas apiece and committed felonies is the maneuver. The political pot shot 
is get Biden. And what you have is the Second. Democrats and the deep state coming in and saying, thank you. We don't want this guy to run. They're not stupid. Saying that about the deep state is dismissive. They're evil, vindictive, and very smart. And so far, we've taken the bait on Capitol Hill. Mm. A lot of the people uh, are not in government anymore. A lot of the people that were at the FBI when you were looking into the, sure. to the Nunes memo uh, or the DOJ, they're not there anymore. Yeah. Um, I guess the thing that's so irritating is people just fill their, their positions mm. and business as usual keeps going. Who, who did you see then that were just as integral in you know, coming at, going after Donald Trump or just being you know, agents of the deep state? Who are still in government now that we should be looking at? Like, let's start with the DOJ. So, yeah, great, great, great starting point. So, Russiagate was launched in the National Security Division of the Department of Justice, where I used to work, where John Carlin was the head of the NSD, a U.S. Senate-confirmed presidential appointment. Um, and Lisa Monaco was head of Homeland Security at the White House at the time. Fast-forwarding to today, John Carlin is the paydag. The Principal Associate Deputy Attorney General. Long title, short form, number three at DOJ. Lisa Monaco is the Deputy Attorney General, the number two at DOJ. Jeez. That's just DOJ. And you're right, we fired a lot of the FBI guys as a result of the Russiagate and the memo and all that. I mean, that's what it took to remove these people. But if you don't think their protégés aren't in place, just like the DOJ, you're wrong. You know, we just found out about this McGonagall guy, right? Career FBI, head of counterintel, in the bag for Russia. Literally just got convicted yeah. of being on Russian payroll. He was the counterintel guy at FBI, one of them, during Russiagate. Cash is nowhere near done naming names. For instance, who has uh, Jeffrey Epstein's little black book? And he reveals the five biggest government gangsters, as well as what he believes they're planning. Next. As the left ramps up their efforts to abort babies, it is time to ramp up our efforts to save babies. Why not include saving a baby's life on your Christmas list? And because of our partnership with Preborn, an organization that has rescued over... 270,000 babies, you can do just that. Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies as they compete head-to-head -head with abortion giants like Planned Parenthood. You see, they offer an abortion-minded woman a free ultrasound, and once she meets her baby for that first time and hears her heartbeat, or his heartbeat, baby's chance of life doubles. Just for 28 bucks, you can save a life. And right now, through a match, your tax-deductible gift is doubled. And because Preborn supports both moms and babies with diapers and car seats, counseling, book, clothing, for up to two years, you're offering, you're, they're, they're offering your, um, your one-time gift or hopefully monthly gift double blessings for that. Preborn, 100% charity rating. Go right now to preborn.com. Use the keyword baby, pound 250, keyword baby, or Preborn.com slash Glenn. I, I think it was pretty obvious that people like uh, Andrew McCabe were part of the deep state uh, when, when he was at the yeah. FBI. Uh, he's gone, but... But not really. So, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but Andy McCabe, deputy director of the FBI, 
later acting director, who I personally worked with when he was head of the Washington field office on terrorism cases, is now a hired chill at CNN in the media. Where does where where's Peter Strzok? CNN. So they get these guys who author the Russiagate criminal conspiracy, channeling the fake news media and putting out a furtherance of that conspiracy. So why they might be out of the FBI. These guys aren't stupid. They're down in the media advancing the next narrative. Former deputy director. Of the, and if you're a regular American sitting at home, hasn't been paying attention for a long time. Oh, wow. Deputy director of the FBI. I got to listen to this guy. You know, this guy who, by the way, broke the law during the Hillary Clinton email investigation and unlawfully leaked as the deputy director of the FBI information of an investigation to the media. And then went to go work for the media. And it gets better, though. Yes, he did go to work for the media ultimately. We fired him in the Trump administration, right? We took his pension because that's the penalty. Mm-hmm. He would later go to work for CNN. And do you know what Joe Biden did um, a couple of months into his uh, tenure as president? Restored his pension. Restored his pension. In full. You, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. There's no consequences. It's, it's like the, uh, the lawyer that doctored evidence to get the FISA warrant on Carter Page. Can you imagine if... Altered Yeah, the FBI guy, Kevin Kleinsmith. <laughs> he's still in. He is now... Uh, I think he's in the private sector. Okay. But here's the crazy part. If I, Cash Patel, a national security lawyer at the DOJ, deleted information that the CIA had given me and said, hey, you, FISA court, secret surveillance guys... All good. Nothing to see here. Pled guilty to that felony. And the D.C. bar gave him his bar license back last year. Oh, my gosh. He can now practice law again. And do you think that there is in 10 firms lined up to hire that guy? If he was that devious enough to work with the deep state to do that, that they're not doing it again? And Kleinsmith, are are we to believe that he just did that because he's like, yeah, I'm just going to get this done? Or was he told to do that? And I'll connect the dots for you. This is another name, James Baker at the FBI. Not there anymore, but he was the he was the general counsel, the top lawyer um, at the FBI. The, in the FISA process, he's the guy that signed the warrant for Comey on Russiagate. Okay, he gets caught having that meeting with Sussman. If you remember the whole Sussman trial from the John Durham episode, where he gets. Alpha Bank information brought in by a Democratic operative from a big law firm. Mm-hmm. It's one of the groups you don't have up there. The big law firms are killer, in my opinion, when it comes to Democratic. It's Perkins Coie and all those guys, Mark Elias, Sussman. These guys all meet with the James Bakers of the world to conjure up a Russian narrative, which he allows to go on on his watch. And he permits the information that, was, that he knows was false to go up the chain to a FISA court, it gets way worse. Well, I'm just warming up. <laughs> um, so we tell him about all this. Chris Ray decides to keep him as deputy director. And then ultimately, we have so much information against James Baker and his fraudulent conduct, he's fired. Do you know where he goes? <laughs> he gets hired as the deputy general counsel at Twitter. Chris Ray would later form an 80-member task force for election integrity. In the run-up to the last election, that task force, and this is public by his own admissions in the documents out of the FBI, met with Twitter and Facebook on a weekly basis to suggest to them what information to put out and not put out. Do you know who was coordinating those weekly meetings? James Baker. (laughs) 
And then Elon Musk takes over Twitter and he says, I don't have any of the democratic institutions working for me at X or Twitter or whatever it's called. And I said, and I literally was able to directly message him in public spaces and say, you have Perkins Coie as your defense lawyers. But let's put that aside for a second. You have James Baker on your payroll as your deputy general counsel who is blocking mm. subpoenaed information to Congress for oversight purposes. He got fired the next week. This is how deep the deep state is. When you, got, when you have guys like Elon, or as smart as that, as he is, and whatever his politics are, they're there. Perkins Coie is right there, the authors of the narrative. So if I had to ask you, who are the James. four or five biggest names that are the ones that, if you were in a deep state convention, <laughs> they'd be the ones going, someday I'm going to be, I'm gonna be all right, right up there with them. Already or the future that's sort of coming in? Uh, already. Like, who's, who are the ones that are calling each other and saying, you got to get your agency to do this? Millie at DOD. That poll place needs a monstrous reorg. Um, Esper was at DOD. Barr, formerly at DOJ. Chris Ray, currently at FBI. Merrick Garland, currently at DOJ. Um, Merrick Garland, how do these guys sleep at night? He doesn't care. He's just getting payback for not getting on the Supreme Court. Yep. That's all he's doing. Mm. Thank you for my singular opportunity. I'll lie to the world and the media will cover for me and I'll do a 60 minutes interview. We'll say there's not two sets of justice for Democrats and Republicans and half the world will be like, oh, that sounds good. But when you look at the cases, there are. I mean, there's just so many. Esper was at DOD. Paul Nakasone was at NSA. I mean, there's just so, I mean, this thing, that's why it took me like 10 pages to name them all. And that's just the ones that were in the executive branch. We haven't even gotten to the legislative goons or the judges that have rubber stamped the deep state operation that has been going on. They were supposed to be our last constitutional check. And you've seen what a large swath of the DC bench has done to matters brought before criminal yeah. It seems like the, the media is a big part of the deep state as well. Um, who do you know specifically are the main contacts for when you know, the you know, random FBI guy that wants to leak something out damaging or that looks damaging? Who are some of their go-tos? I mean, I know we knew that Yahoo guy, what, uh, Yahoo News guy. Uh, um, oh, I can see his Isikoff. Isikoff. We knew him. He was a Russiagate guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and David Korn over at the... Those were the two articles the FBI substantiated the Donald right. Trump FISA with, but the FBI leaked the information to them so they could use it. Yeah. So that's, that, that's a great point on a micro level, but I think it's still going on at places like the Washington Post and the New York Times. When you talk to New York Times and Adam Goldman and, and Naka, uh, Nakashima and, and those folks over there, and then when you go over to the Washington Post and it's what, Woodward, mm -hmm. um, we'll just bring it up to current events. You saw a frontline story in the Washington Post about a month ago from Woodward that says, thank you, Mr. Biden, for saving, I'm paraphrasing, for saving America from Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And we'd love for you to, um, you know, be glorified and shown the exit ramp. Mm -hmm. The Washington Post is, is saying Donald Trump, uh, excuse me, Joe Biden should leave the presidency. That's not by accident. It's because Woodward's have been fed information from the FBI and DOJ for decades. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you, dollars for donuts, that they gave him some of the goods they have on Joe Biden that the public doesn't know. 
about the pay-for-play, about the fraud, about the corruption, about the CCP, about the Ukraine. And they are saying, we need to show this guy the exit ramp, help us do it, and then we'll never have to tell the world, since Joe Biden left the presidency, we're not going to go after an old man of his criminal conduct. Or they're trying to force him to commute or pardon Hunter. Those, to me, are the two avenues they're trying to work besides impeachment to get rid of Biden. Well, that's not terrifying at all. If the deep state wanted Trump out and now wants Biden out, does any president stand a chance? When we come back, Cash outlines the strategy he believes the next president should use if he or she wants to survive. How do you dismantle all of this? I mean, look, CIA, NSA, Mm -hmm. uh, DNI, um, NSC, we're we're looking at the scariest operations. I mean, look at what Snowden said. That's like old-timey radio now. (laughs) Uh, You're not going anywhere. You're not. Yeah. You're not. You're not destroying them. And, and as fun as it is to write about this stuff and live it and investigate and expose it, you're right. The one thing President Trump taught me was like, so what? What's the solution? How do we fix it? And that's what half of government gangsters about nor, if not more, is about. And it's a collective. So in the end, I summarize in five pages, 240 pages of fixes mm. for each agency and department. But the sum and substance is as follows. Yes, personnel, personnel, person. I got it. And I couldn't agree with you more. But it's not just the cabinet secretaries. It's the undersecretaries. It's the deputies. It's the chiefs of staff. It's the assistants to this. It's the assistants to that. And the question is, do you have the bench to fix it? And the answer is yes. I've worked with them. A lot of them are still in government. They just don't want to leave and be exposed because they have Mm -hmm. careers in government. But we can bring those folks up. And There is a big bench outside of government um, that wants to go back in. So you've got the personnel component. That's a piece of it. The next big piece, in my opinion, is Congress. And what they have failed to do is hold these government gangsters accountable by taking away their funding. During Russiagate, when we issued 17 subpoenas against Rosenstein and Ray's FBI and DOJ, they gave us the Heisman. Then I went in and fenced $10 million. 2,000 pages of documents showed up the next day. Where, and I'm not saying take all their funding. I'm not the defund everything guy. I'm just saying Chris Ray doesn't need a government-funded G5 jet to go to vacation. Maybe we ground that plane. 15000 every time it takes off. Just a thought. Minimum. Maybe we take Merrick Garland's fancy fleet of Escalades where he runs around in boondoggles and said, no, you don't need those right now. And we have a Republican majority in Congress that refuses, who has the purse strings, to enact these, enact these mechanisms. You don't have to de-budget them. You just take pockets of money. And when you have, this is what you need in Congress the next go around with the personnel decision, is folks who willingly violate congressional mandates, you take their money. Once you take their money, that's the one thing government gangsters, universal oxygen is our taxpayer dollars. So Congress has to step up. And then, of course, you need the judiciary. You've got to start impeaching federal judges. You have to start impeaching federal judges who have rubber stamped this illicit conduct for the last five, 10 years. Could, would you also put the national, your intimate knowledge of this, uh, National Archives? Oh, uh, librarian, <laughs> keeping worms. Who would have thought that would be also be a part of this? But the two-tier system of justice isn't just in the executive branch, it's in the administrative state. 
Where did the Donald Trump prosecution come from? The head of the National Archives referred it to the DOJ. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm not arguing for or against it right now. Let's put a pin in that. The National Archives, the same head librarian, had 7,000 of Biden's emails with six different pseudonyms that they sat on for 10 years. They didn't refer him for criminal prosecution. We now know about the existence of those emails because of a FOIA lawsuit just to reveal the nature of them, of which they still won't distribute those emails in an unredacted fashion to Congress, who has constitutional oversight of them. The biggest thing that we have seen the degradation of is the congressional oversights yes. has ceded their constitutional mandate to they don't the executive have any, branch. Because they don't have any money. They don't have the purse strings. I mean, that's the only thing Congress really has right. is the purse strings. They can recommend, you know, this person is in contempt, they should go to jail. But if the DOJ is on the take and on the other side, they're not going to jail. Unless they use their inherent contempt of Congress power, which they've had for 175 years. But they, it was created for this instance. But isn't contempt of Congress, that still has to be prosecuted by the DOJ, does it not? No. There's three avenues to follow up on contempt of Congress. Civilly, a referral to DOJ, and inherent contempt of Congress powers, which they've had since 1825. And what does that mean? It means if you violate an order of Congress, let's use a subpoena, for example, you, the Speaker of the House, can order the Sergeant at Arms to go arrest the violator of that subpoena, the AG or the FBI director, and hold him in a cell, which exists beneath the floors of the Capitol. And they are created just for this type of scenario. But no one wants to do that. No one wants to... I can't be that guy. I don't want to be the person that does that. But look where we are in history. So let's bring that. Let's combine a lot of this with COVID. So I already told you what we did when we briefed Trump on the originations and what he did based on the intel we had at the time. Then enter Fauci in the media. No, no, no. The Chinese would never do this. It's not about. No, no. It didn't come from that. Then the wet bat thing came out and some other goofy whatever. Right. Okay. What did we just learn? Six weeks ago, Gina Haspel, as director of the CIA, under Trump, authorized six case officers and intelligence analysts to be paid off so that they would change their assessment on COVID origination. Correct. That's not a Cash Patel thing. That's CIA. That's a That's, CIA yeah. institutional decision to spend taxpayer dollars to lie to the world where COVID came from, because it fit the narrative that Fauci and the media wanted out there, along with Gina Haspel, because she didn't want Donald Trump to get the credit for reading the intel right and making the hard right decision. But what happens is we're two years down the road from that three, and that story has been written. You know, that iron has been cast. So half the public is like, what are you guys talking about? That's a right wing conspiracy. And this is why it's so important to keep drilling at that work, because many more of these instances of conduct will come to light if brave whistleblowers, congressional oversight. And That's given me a lot of hope, the whistleblowers. They really have. When did this become this? I think it probably started around the time when, you know, President Eisenhower, wasn't President Eisenhower then, called it and said, this is coming. And it metastasized over the years when you have two world wars and now I'm talking about World War II and Vietnam, and the DOD complex is put on 
you know, overload. And then you fast forward through the Reagan administration into Trump, and you have big pharma and big tech um, doing COVID stuff. And then you've got the media. And then the simple decision by Donald Trump to run for president was like a steroid injection to these people because he threatened their existence. This entire collective was partially shattered in the first Trump administration. And if he wins again, I do believe we will shatter the rest of it. But that is going to be a, a monster fight. Do they allow him to win? That's a different question, yeah. I mean, they're I, not, right? They're, honestly, they're doing this. I never believed that the CIA killed uh, Kennedy. No. You're talking to a guy that's read the entire JFK file. You've seen all the secret yeah. stuff? I've seen all of that, and I've seen the seven pages of the 9-11 report. I've seen it all. You don't say that to people that you can't tell what you saw. <laughs> um, I could be bribed with these yeah. <laughs> In Texas? Uh, my name is Cash. <laughs> JFK, UFOs, and who has Jeffrey Epstein's little black book? If you're watching Blaze TV, you get that on bonus discussion on demand right now. If you're not a member, join us, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.